The Naive Theater of the Air presents Rewired by Matthew Broyles. Episode 8, A Winchester House. Harry's head was spinning. In the past few hours, the crew at the HPL Research Center had filled his brain with more information than he knew how to process. Rob Shinoda, its director, was a walking computer. Inside his bespectacled gray-streaked head, he held the coordinates for more decommissioned spacecraft and satellites than Harry knew existed. The elders seldom listened quietly, uneasy at being too near the center of attention. Harry was caught up in the whirlwind, a hacker's fantasy, and didn't think to notice anything else apart from Tina, who stayed by his side somewhat protectively. He felt a bit like an adopted puppy. It was after dinner when the knock came. The entire staff turned to face the door, for this was no ordinary knock. Callie, it was only a matter of time. Harry stiffened a bit. Stories of Free Detroit's permanent chairwoman were rampant on the net. Powerful, beautiful, and ruthless, with a populist charisma that often left her critics in the cold. Or worse, Shinoda rushed to the door, unbolting the locks. The rest of the staff lined up in a sort of parade formation, as if they were about to be inspected. Lars fell in easily, Harry less so. At last the door creaked open, and in walked two of the largest men Harry had ever seen. They were like oak trees with legs. Clad in black parkas, their keen eyes searched the room for threats. Satisfied, one of them whistled through the open doorway. The unmistakable form of Kali Savine strode between the two mooks. It was only in their shadow that she seemed small, for as she got closer, she loomed over almost everyone else in the room. She favored fitted military jumpsuits, white ones, to make her dark, angular face stand out even more. Harry couldn't help but stare until Tina kicked his shin. Savine turned immediately to Shinoda with a slight smile. I heard we have some visitors. It's not like you to keep secrets. I've recorded all of our conversations with them for your reference, Kali. Harry gulped. Thanks for the warning. Of course. Let's meet the new arrivals. Shinoda guided her over to the Seldons, who could not have been standing any more still if they tried. <laughs> Harry fought with his eyes, willing them not to stare in bewilderment. The rest of the team loosened, and a few began to chuckle. It's like death row in here. Addie's private. No bunk checks here. Kali Savine. I know. Been reading the net legends, have we? What's the over-under on my boyfriend these days? Savine's love life was turbulent, and the subject of much chatter in the rewired world. She was aware, and seemed to enjoy the attention. I haven't been on the net for a while. True. You've been pretty busy from what I can tell. And you? Sergeant Richard Kimball. Pleasure to meet you, Madam Chairwoman. Please. Kali will do. Is there somewhere private where I and the new boys here can talk? My tower station. It's open. Kali's guards followed them over to the staircase leading into the converted bell tower, taking up positions on either side. The communication tower was overgrown with wires, dials, and knobs, but there were chairs enough for the three of them. Kali took the largest. Combined with her imposing height and posture, it was more than a little intimidating to Harry. His dad seemed unperturbed, 
and it was to him that she spoke. So, lost your wires in Buffalo. Our identities were compromised. We were told by Hattie Tubman that new ones could be procured here. Ah, Hattie. She does say some interesting things. You see, my problem is, I can't get the VEF to tell me why you're here. And that bothers me. You're a seer, yes? How did you know that? I have friends here. They like you, but they're also afraid of you. Do they have a reason to be? Not at the moment. He and I have been fitted with chips which give off extra-dimensional static to ward off the Vorn. Harry fought his eyes, willing them not to look at his father's amulet. Kali's eyebrows raised, her gaze still on Lars. You're the killer. I thought you might be. Selden, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. You already know we're VEF. Our mission is to find Dr. Lily. And do what? Use his machine to make more seers? Harry's eyes widened. Kali noticed. She noticed people have been keeping me up to date on the HPL videos. I don't know if the patients he's using are born seers, but it looks like there's a fairly significant effort to spread fear of the Vorn around the rewired net. Following that through, I can only assume that the VEF's interest in all of this is military. So what I need to know from you is, how does helping you help me? Madam Chairwoman, the mission that we are on is one that could help the entire human race. Freeing us from our Vorn oppressors, yes I know. I'm not sure if you're aware, but things are a little different here in Free Detroit. Frankly, the Vorn are the least of our concerns. We have a hard enough time simply staying alive. What will creating a new war do to the rewired community? The question tumbled through Harry's mind. What indeed? With all due respect. That's right. Respect. That's something people in this town never get. The diaspora is the ass end of the world, and we are the ass end of the diaspora. With HPL cracked, we now see that Lily's teammates in all the other enclaves have been keeping their research to themselves. We have scientists. Why haven't they been kept in the loop? I'm not a scientist. I have no way of answering that. Just a soldier. Do you even know what they're doing? I assume Shinoda filled you in on some of it. Experimenting on restrained patients? Subjecting them to whatever is making those... things go nuts in their heads? You know that the VEF is not affiliated with any of the governments of Diaspora. Exactly. So why in hell would Colonel Haley let you into Texas? The expression on the old man's face changed. Harry could see the defenses lowering, and wondered if Kali spotted it. Kali, if Dr. Barrett's opinion is correct, I am the most powerful Vorn seer in the Diaspora. Dr. Lily will see to it that I get in. And when I do, I will make sure that he and Haley know that you are the one who made it possible. I can help you. He's going to use you to start a war. Surely you can see that. Lily doesn't want war. None of those videos came from his source node. The ones I've seen have all been from Shu. I don't know much about him, but he's not Lily. <laughs> you don't know Lily. All you know are legends. And he did start a war. Not intentionally. Harry began to protest, then thought better of it. Collie was a pragmatist. He had to find an angle. Look, if we don't get to Lily, what happens then? Hard to say. Shu and the other scientists will keep going, and the fear will spread across the net. You're saying that you can stop that? Not from here we can't. From here you also can't make it any worse. Are you sure of that? Their gazes locked for a long moment. Kali narrowed her eyes. He's BEF. 
But you're not. No, I'm not. This man is my father, and I'm trying to make sure he doesn't do anything crazy. Which is pretty goddamn ridiculous at this point, since here we are in the middle of free Detroit, bargaining with Callie Savine for our lives. Good to see my reputation is holding up. There is something big happening right now. You can see it. The whole rewired world can. And the only man who could possibly possess the influence to do anything about it is in Texas. And doing a rather bad job of moldering in his grave. You never even asked how I knew he was alive. If I asked, would you tell me? No. They sat in silence for a brief moment. A trace of the chairwoman's deliberations played across her face, their direction unreadable to the men in the dock. At last she stood. Harry and Lars did likewise. I'm going to have to think about this. You are not to leave the HPL facility for any reason until you hear back from me. Is that clear? Crystal. With one last appraising glance, Kali left them there in the tower. They heard the church door creak shut downstairs and said nothing to one another. Nothing could be said. It was out of their hands, for the moment. Eventually, Harry left the old man to his internal turmoil and attempted to catch some sleep in the barracks. None of the researchers spoke to him as he passed through. They knew better. Lying wide awake in the dark, his life so far scrolled across his consciousness. The highlight reel was, of course, only a few days old at this point. Who knew whether it would grow, and for how much longer? After an hour or so of futility, the effort at slumber was called off in favor of a walk. He remembered Kali's instructions not to leave, but figured the church grounds were fair game. If it was possible, the air had grown even colder. Still, there was something about being in the open that gave him a small measure of comfort. The church walls were beginning to feel claustrophobic. He had been loitering amongst the trees for maybe a half hour, when he noticed the lights of an armored vehicle turning slowly around the corner. They would shine on him momentarily, and he briefly thought to hide, but decided against it. Que sera, sera. In fact, the beams did alight on him and stayed. Harry stood stock still in the yard, resigned to whatever fate was coming. A door opened, and he heard the sound of boots treading across the frosty ground towards him. In the glare of the headlamps, he couldn't make any sense out of the shadow growing between the brightness and himself. Then, it spoke. We need to talk, Harry. Alone. How did you... You don't think I left this place unmonitored, do you? With a raise of her arm, the headlights and the engine cut off. He still couldn't see her, only a faint outline in the glowing smog. Should we go inside? No. It's best if no one knows I'm here. I'm torn, Harry. That's understandable. I realize that this may seem at odds with my reputation, which I've spent a lot of time cultivating, but I think you're smart enough to know that a good portion of it is role-playing. Actually, no, he wasn't. But this was good information. Of course. Some of the stories you've heard are true. I have had people killed, but not for the reasons many think. Lynette is an imperfect fact-checker. Everything that I have done has been in the service of my people. This is a prison, Harry. Everyone here will die in it. I'm trying to make all of that as painless as possible. Harry took it in. He was definitely not in Brooklyn anymore. This was a much more complete cage than his old one. I need to know something. If you make it to Lily, I need you to tell him what's happening here. And if it's possible, I need for you to ask him to fix it. Fix it how? You know that rewiring is the front behind which the true reason for our oppression hides. 
If it were removed, there is a possibility that the United States would take us back. You want your people wired again? I didn't, originally, but it's more and more obvious that they do. By evading one form of oppression, we incurred another. The riots are ticking upwards in frequency. Free Detroit wants to reverse the trade-off. Nobody in the lab seems to. There remain idealists among us. Mostly the ones with central heating. These riders, are they asking you for this? Not me. They're pleading directly to the wires at the guard stations. Even creating messages visible by satellite. And no one's taking them up on it? They're damaged goods. I've tried to explain to the protesters that even with wires reinstalled, we may not be accepted back into the wider world, but I'm losing the fight. If we do the work for them, maybe we stand a better chance of assimilation. You would do that? For them, I would. Even if it meant wiring yourself? Harry, there's no way I make it out of this alive in either case. But I told you, I'm running out of choices. I have to see the larger picture. Right now, it's a prison. And part of it is our own making. But what can Lily do about it? I have reason to believe that he can trigger the process remotely. He can what? We believe there is a back door built into the rewiring process. Put in for safety reasons. How would something like that even work? We're not hooked onto the network at all. We have a stockpile of wires procured over the past several months. I am assured that if we attach them, the reversing process can be achieved by a signal from the Texas lab. Is this information coming from the same source that told you Lily is alive? Yes. Is this source by any chance located in Texas? Yes. So why can't you ask this person to give Lily your message? Because the net is unforgiving. The words must be delivered in person, where the world is not watching. And it would only affect Free Detroit, not the rest of the diaspora? I don't know. You'll have to ask the doctor that when you see him. Don't you mean if? Your father is right. Lily and Haley will get you in there. If you don't slip again like you did on the train... How did... I have friends. And you still haven't answered my question. Will you deliver my message to Dr. Lily? A few hours ago, Harry would have said anything to secure their release from this place. Now he found himself deliberating. She had opened up to him. He didn't want to lie. Because if you don't, Free Detroit will be destroyed from the inside out. Your father's VEF friends may bring it about faster than that, but one way or another, this place will burn. Harry could see more of her face now in the reflected glow of the city. He knew she had been an actress, but the tear glistening down her cheek seemed real to him. As real as anything he knew to be real at this point. I will. Thank you. And in return, I have something for you. Reaching into the pocket of her fatigues, she produced what appeared to be a strip of paper and held it out for him. He took it, perplexed. Something I should read in private? It contains no words, but it has a secret. I've been watching your journey unfold, and now that I've met you both, I'm certain of something. You may not want to hear it. If you believe it, I want to hear it. The time will come when you will need to kill your father. Imperceptibly, he exhaled a breath he was not aware he had been holding. Without asking why, he knew that she was right. It almost didn't matter why. The fact had been written on the wall throughout the entire mission. The knowledge hung like a breath frozen in the air. 
and he had grown accustomed to looking through it as if it were not there. Lowering his head, he tried in vain to see the object she had placed in his hands. Feeling it, he found it was not paper, but some other substance, plastic or even latex. Small, rectangular, pliable. It's a dermal patch. Peel off the protective layer, slap it on hard, and it will do its work quickly and relatively painlessly. Harry nodded in dumb shock. He wanted to ask more questions, but he somehow knew that she had fewer answers than he did. What was happening did not follow a logical narrative structure. There were too many moving parts for that. And yet he had a picture of it in his mind. The events and revelations of their journey produced an aura, a dark cloud whose ending could only exist within the sinister bands at the dark end of the spectrum of human behavior. The resignation to his own death had bypassed the consideration of what might precede it. Thank you. It was all that he could manage. In the darkness, the footsteps of Kali Savine, chairwoman of Free Detroit, grew distant. And soon, the noise of her vehicle's tires faded into the night. Something inside him stopped its restless resistance and locked into place. He began walking back towards the church doors. Now, he could sleep. It was dark now. Candles lit sconces in various corners of the room. He had been reading for some time since before nightfall, in a chair by the fireplace. At least it felt as though he had. Absently fingering the dimly lit pages, he somehow forgot what the book was about. There was something he had to do. It had needed doing for ages now, but something always came up and distracted him. The clock on the wall was no help. It had stopped running years ago. Still its pendulum clicked away, busy at a task it could not fulfill. Where was it? Mornings came early at Republic Army Headquarters. The sun had yet to make much of an appearance, but Major Curtis Levine sipped coffee as he toggled through his various cues. There wasn't much of any import that didn't come through his office, and that was by design. Like Colonel Haley, he was married to the Army, and wanted first dibs on anything that might threaten its security. He was relieved to see that Lily had sent a new HPL transmission, as if nothing had happened. It was fairly benign data, hopefully not too much so. Eventually the others would take the hint, but until then, they had a window where the wired authorities thought they had an advantage. It was bad that they knew about HPL, but it was good that they thought Texas was still in the dark. Levine wondered if the wireds might try getting into the HPL game. Probably not, as Lily's team tended to check source nodes. Such a thing could be faked, though. Still, the doctor was clever enough not to be drawn in by disinformation. Browsing the new notices, Levine sighed. The shoe videos had taken over the rewired net. It was too much to keep track of now, as voices spread from informed authorities into the realm of rampant speculation. The truth was, he didn't know what they meant either. He felt certain that Lily was holding out on them for some reason. It was making him nervous. He decided to stick to the higher end of the spectrum, 
moving through his list of sources whose reports had been reliable in the past, he found a link being passed around. An open letter to Dr. Shu from Ahania. He had come across her on occasion over the past few years. She was not an alarmist, and in fact the letter constituted more or less his own set of questions about whatever the hell was going on. He dug for a while. Thus far there had been no response from Shu that he could find, beyond obvious forgeries. Indeed, his HBL transmissions had ceased as well, although he was not prone to frequent uploads. Levine wrote out a telegraph note for the lab and placed it in his outbox. He would very much like to know what Lily made of the situation. At the moment, he was trading carefully, but he was increasingly convinced that the time would come when pressure would need to be applied. Morning. Hey. Well, do we know what we know? No. Damn. We're the only ones who know we don't know, though. Chatterbox Cafe going strong? Getting harder to separate the signal from the noise. Lily's keeping up appearances, at least. That's good. No word on our celebrity guest? Everything's gone zoo. What the hell is that crazy Chinese bastard up to? Lily showed them how to make the dampener work. Why would Shu keep putting it in reverse? Maybe the VEF got him. Haley chewed on the thought. They sat in silence for a moment. Suddenly, the idea hit the Major square in the head. We're on the wrong side of this. How so? Whoever this is, they've got us reacting. Keeping us in the present. Smoke bomb. Right. We need to retrace our steps. When did all this start? Selden. Hitting the road. Exactly. Free Detroit figured out the HPL algorithm the next day. Hmm. Maybe they didn't figure it out. Maybe somebody fed it to them. That narrows down our suspects pretty quickly. Possibly. But even if it was one of the team, they're all crazy as hell. How would we know which one leaked it? Levine was already running a net query, sorting by date. There was the original post by Shinoda. Scrolling down, he caught it. Ahania. Several references. This is interesting. Haley got up and moved around behind Levine's desk, eyeing the display. Someone you know? Not personally, but she's been a reliable source in the past. And she just posted an open letter to Shu. You think she's connected? I don't know. But she brought a lot of traffic to the HBL post. The fact that she's addressing Shu may knock him off our suspect list. Have you done a trace? Years ago. Her location is well masked. Obviously a hacker in one or more of the developed enclaves. Time signatures are all over the place, so I can't even really narrow down the time zone. I'm not a hacker. This is beyond me. I wouldn't say that. You just don't have enough data. Have NetOps dig a little deeper. Broaden our dossier on this Ahania. There's a pattern in here somewhere. The wider the lens, the better we may be able to see it. But now we're chasing two things. The source of the leak, and whatever it is that the smoke bomb is trying to distract us from. Which could be one and the same. I may need to have another conversation with the good doctor. I believe it will be in person. Should I tell him? No, best not. Dropping the telegram, the Major began typing up memos. The colonel sat quietly, his gaze aimed somewhere in the middle distance. Presently it occurred to him that he was staring at the old 1886 Winchester rifle up on the wall. He'd always wanted to shoot it, but then he also liked to wonder who the last man was who'd used it. There were superstitions about guns and their last owners. Haley was prone to the occasional flight of fancy where such things were concerned. Did you ever hear about the Winchester widow? The what? Sarah Winchester. Married to the Mr. Winchester, rifle maker, one of the richest men in America by a long shot. 
She lost him and her daughter, and it drove her completely catshit. The Major stopped typing and followed Haley's stare to the old rifle. It had been here when he arrived, an army artifact. He hadn't given it much notice before. She went to one of those spiritualists, table knockers, BS artists. Anyway, this one told her that her family was being cursed by the ghosts of people who had been shot by her husband's rifles. Said she needed to build a house and never stop building or she'd die. The widow moved out west to California, bought an unfinished farmhouse and started adding on. The thing was under construction 24-7 for the next 38 years. She believed the house was a giant ghost jail where all the angry spirits of the men killed by Winchester rifles would be trapped. The house got bigger. The inside was a maze. Hallways led into walls or twisted around on themselves. Rooms were built over smaller rooms. Doors were joined up to windows. Staircases led nowhere, closets opened to blank walls, trap doors, double back hallways, skylights on top of each other. Outside doors opened from high floors to nothing but air. Levine turned to look at Haley. He couldn't tell whether the old man was finished. Eventually, the colonel's grizzled face shifted in his direction. What the hell are we dealing with here, Levine? The colonel's expression spooked him. Levi Haley was not known for mumbo-jumbo, but he also wasn't a conventional thinker or he would never have led the charge for the reclamation. He had obviously been giving this a lot of consideration. What do you think we're dealing with? Do you ever have those dreams where you're looking for something, but about the time you're about to find it, something happens, and then you have to start looking again? Sometimes. One of those Freudian things. You ever wonder what would happen if you actually found it? You think the Vorn are real? I think there's something real here. But I don't know if it is what we think it is. Too easy. Well, hardly easy. I just... I wonder if humanity hasn't built itself a Winchester house. How so? Total psychology. That was about running from things. Chaos. Unpredictability. The diaspora was about running away from total psychology. From control. And thus toward chaos and unpredictability. In either direction lies madness. How will we know when we get it right? We keep adding on rooms, building traps. You have a hammer, but then you replace the head. Years later, you replace a handle. Is it the same hammer? We're not even the same set of cells we were at birth. Change is all that has ever been. Except the change is happening faster now. We're running away from something. All of us. And it's catching up. Something in Haley's expression chilled the Major's blood. He looked back down at his display grounding his thoughts in the present. The familiar. I think you should talk to Dr. Lilly. <sighs> Sorry. I do go on sometimes. Have the Ahania report on my desk when I get back. Don't wait up. As the door closed behind the colonel, Levine grabbed the telegram meant for Lilly and threw it into the shredder. Whatever the truth was, he would rather leave its discovery to someone else. If indeed the answer came to him... He was increasingly doubtful that he would recognize it, and a little afraid that he would.
You've been listening to the naive theater of the air performance of Rewired, featuring Julie Moeller as Tina, Kira Marie Summers as Kali Savine, Levi Ray as Harry, Reed Perry as Lars, Antonio Thomas as Major Curtis Levine, and Keegan McEnroe as Colonel Levi Haley. Written and narrated by Matthew Broyles. Theme music by Paul Shapira. I'm Little Jack Melody. Tune in next time for Episode 9, Tiger, Tiger. <laughs>